welcome this morning, this first Sunday of the new year. We welcome you to Deliverance Temple. Those of you who just tuned in online, we welcome you. All right, let's bow our heads and let's pray over this preaching moment. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, God, we praise you and thank you, God. We appreciate you for all that you are, all that you mean. God, I'm praying that you would hide me beneath the cross, that you would speak through my mouth, think through my mind, God. Let it be all of you and less of me. Let the people be eternally touched and blessed. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, come on. Let's do our normal confession. Something we've done year in and year out. I'll never forget when God told me to do this. I wasn't even the pastor yet. I knew I was going to be the pastor and God told me to start with this confession. We've been doing it for years now. Amen. So let's do it again. This is my Bible. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I will have what it says I will have. I'm a part of Deliverance Temple. Where we love by living our vision every day. We connect with our creator continually. We confess our deliverance consistently. I'm going to walk away and look down so that way you know I have it memorized. I'm not just reading off the paper like some of y'all have to do. We commit to serve creatively. We communicate Christ's love compassionately. Father God, feed me your word. All right. Come on, put your hands together again this morning. Amen. The reason why we go through that is because we're living our vision every day. But what is our vision? If you tell somebody, I'm living my vision every day, and they ask you, well, what is your vision? Then you ought to be able to communicate it. You ought to be able to rattle it off. But even if you can't communicate it, ultimately, you're supposed to be communicating Christ's love compassionately. So at the end of the day, people ought to be feeling the love of God coming from you in a beautiful way. All right, so we're going to start here with this scripture. I'm going to read it, and uh, then we will give you the title. So reading this scripture, it says this, I beseech ye therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies in living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Then it says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This is Romans 12, 1 and 2. And so this is something that is quite known and quite talked about. I've preached on this several times uh, in my uh, ministry. And I really like verse 2 out of the Message Bible. But I'm not really going there today. I'm just bringing that up to get to this, which is the title. And the title is simply this, and when they bring it up, we will say it. It's what else? What else? You ever 
dealt with someone that you paid to do work for you. Let's say you paid them to rake your leaves. And they finish it up so fast, and they came back and said, what else do you need? You knew right then this wasn't no jack leg. This is somebody that is planning on getting down. You, you ever told your kid to do something? They do it so quick, and then they come back and say, what else you need, mama? You say, where do you want to go? What do you want? <laughs> it ain't like you to go above and beyond. The other day, I, I was coming back from picking up uh, Dylan from basketball practice, and I called Draylon, and I told him to meet us outside because we're going to pull all the trash, all of the extra Christmas trash, all to the street. And so we have actually five trash cans. We've got some extra that were leased, so we have a bunch of extra when I got to the driveway, Draylon had pulled out four of the five. I'm like, what happened to him? What's got into him? I'm used to him doing just enough. And so on the last one, I said, hey, you can go on inside. You've done enough. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I was like, Dylan, you don't even have to help because Draylon did the majority of it. He, he went above and beyond. The Bible talks about certain things being a reasonable service. But have you ever came back to God and said, what else do you need? What else do you want? The problem we have, it's a beautiful thing, but it's a slight problem. It's about a 15 to 20% problem. It's about 85 to 80% blessing. It is the grace message is a blessing. It's a blessing to understand that you do not have to be perfect because Jesus was already perfect. If you mess up, you can still be saved. Back in the day when I grew up, you had to get saved every summer. Every time there was a youth revival, you had to go to the altar. Because if you messed up and did anything wrong, if you cussed, if you listened to Jodeci, if, 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 you, if you wanted to watch something that was R-rated, you was no longer saved. Thank God I'm no longer in that legalistic mindset and I can progress and process, thank God for your grace. But the slight problem with the grace message, it makes us lazy. It makes us consumers where we're here to just take, 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 take from God. And we never come back to God and say, what else do you need? What else do you want? I, I know you've been good to me, God, but is there anything else that I can bring? Is there anything else that I can offer because you have been so good? Oh, I'm just glad to exist. I'm glad to survive. Sometimes you're in survival mode. I get it. So in 2023, sometimes I was just surviving. But in order to get from surviving to thriving, there has to be a mindset shift. And sometimes you just got to ask God, what else? Remember, it's really only a 10% group of people that have this mindset because there was 10 lepers that got healed from Jesus. And 10 of them went on about their way, but one of them, which means only 10%, had the mind to come back and say, thank you, Lord. Hopefully, we're in the 10% and not the 90%. Hopefully we have a mindset of gratitude and thankfulness. And when you are really thankful, you start asking questions. What else can I do? Yeah. All right. Let's put this up here. This 
First point, first point is this. It is the word expectation. Normally, when we are moving into a new year, we are moving with expectation. And expectation is a good thing and it's a grand thing. But sometimes we only look at it from one side is what we are expecting God to do for us. Now, because God is great and grand, we have to approach him with expectation. If I was you, and this is not in my notes, I'm just going to throw it out there. I would expect in Ephesians 3.20 here. Some of y'all, if you don't know what Ephesians 3.20 is, it says that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that I ask or think according to the power that works in us. I would expect that if I was you. But here's another thing that I need us to understand, and this is where I'm framing it, is we often only look at what we expect from God. And sometimes we don't think, what does God expect from me? It's a poor relationship when the spouse is only thinking about what they can do for me. Some of y'all women, I love y'all, but you get mad when he doesn't get you anything for Valentine's Day. But you ain't never got him nothing. Valentine's is not just a women's holiday. It goes both ways. So why do you expect stuff from him, but you're not willing to offer anything? Oh, let me, let me walk soft. When it comes to sexy time, you always got a headache. But you want all your bills paid. You want your door open. Nothing wrong with expecting those things, but can you bring something to the table too? I'm a stay-at-home mom. My husband loves me. We'll brush your teeth every now and then when he gets home. Take the rollers out of your head every now and then. Sure. Show him that I appreciate what you do for me. And let me flip it from the relationship when it comes to God. The fact that he woke you up this morning and started you on your way. Sometimes instead of thinking about what God can do for me, God, what can I do for you? Is there anything you expect out of me in this new year, in this new season? Yes, I'm expecting you to do some things, but God, is there anything that I can do for you? Now, we're not doing it because we want uh, to be saved. We're already saved, but let's go to a scripture to go ahead and prove that. Let's look at uh, something David says. And this is Psalms 116 and 12. And Mother Mitchell, you can read this. What shall I render to the Lord? For all his benefits to This is a thinking, grateful person that says, what shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? He's been good to me. I've been through some rough times, but at the end of the day, he's yet been good to me. All my life, you have been faithful. So, So what shall I render? What shall I give? Is there anything you expect out of me? I don't mind phones, movies, and television, but it's easy to scroll for hours. It's easy to click the remote for hours. It's easy to get in the movie theater for two and a half hours plus the previews on top of that. But if the preacher preaches longer than 45 minutes, whew. I'm wore out. Why, why is it that God always gets the least 
and everybody else can have the best and God gets the smallest version of yourself. If you want God to do grand things, you ought to say, God, what can I render? Is there anything that I can offer, anything that I can do? Now, let's look at the next verse. I shall lift up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. Let's look up uh, point letter A, salvation. Let me say this, and I'm talking to church folk. Some of y'all need to get saved this year. You go to church, but you need to go ahead and just get saved because it's available to you. So you need to go ahead and take advantage of it. So, so the first thing I'm going to render to the Lord is I'm going to take advantage of what you've already made available. I, I'm going to get saved. And I'm, I'm, I'm joking a little bit, but, but, but I'm being a little bit serious. It reminded me of, of my grandmother, something she said. It was a, a lady that said that she was going to go to seminary school to become a minister and she was looking for my grandmother to be excited. She's like, that's sweet, but baby, you need to get saved first. Before you go to college and get in them books, it's something about your attitude and your actions that's not altogether right. You got to start with the basics first. Call on the name of the Lord. I want God to bless my business. I want God to bless my marriage. I want God to bless my kids. I want God to get me out of debt. Why don't you get saved first? Why don't you start with what he's already made available? But that's the simple stuff because it goes back to Romans 12, 1 and 2. It's our reasonable service. So I'm just throwing out there because that's where we start. But the problem is a lot of us are still on that save step. We're still right there. We haven't progressed any higher. One scripture says laying the foundation of repentance. We're always on that first step. But how about we go up another level? So let's look at this, what was offered by the psalmist. Verse 14. I shall pay my vows to the Lord. Oh, may it be in the presence of all his people. I actually want to give something to the Lord. And I don't want it to be secret. I want to put it in front of all the people. All right. let, let me go back to the relationships for just a second. You know you decide, chick, when you can never take a picture. And everybody else goes out on February 14th. You got to go out on the February 17th. You can't. You can't be paraded in front of the people. And some of us have a relationship with God like that in front of the people. We only saved at church. But in front of people, we just, no, but, but, but the psalmist said, I actually want to pay my vows. Not because I can pay him anything, but he's just been so good to me. Let, let, let me give you an example. Once I got older in life, I seen value in giving my parents money if I had extra. Or paying for the meal if I can because of all they've done for me out down through the year. I can't really repay them, but let me do a little something. And when I couldn't pay them, the least I could do was stay out their pockets. Uh, since I've been grown, I don't remember time I've come and borrowed money from them, not because I didn't need it, but they've been so good to me down through the years. The least I can do is figure it out on my own. Because I'm a grateful. And so the psalmist says, if I can pay the Lord anything, I vow to pay. 
pay them in front of all the people. In other words, I want to be held accountable. I, I, I don't want to play with this thing. I want to do it right. Yeah. All right, let's look at B. So that's, here's the next one. It's vows. So what I'm saying is, one of the expectations, you ought to expect to have some vows to God. And this is a good time to talk about it because a lot of times in the new year, people make new year resolutions. Sometimes people make new year's resolutions without even consulting God. How about you just talk to God and whatever God tells you, how about you make a vow between you, God, and grab another party and say, help me be accountable. I want to do this. Now, my family right now, I'm on the first week of the new year, cut out all sugar, no sugar, period, first Week of the new year, meaning even the sugar in ketchup, the sugar in barbecue, because I like sugar and sugar like me. Got a little bit of hold on me, so I decided I was going to do that. I've had people to help keep me accountable. Oh, and on the first time I'm getting moved into it, my mother offered me a sweet potato pie or whole pie. Jesus, I can't, can't take it home. Because I'm, I'm working on something. But this is something I realize within myself I need to get a hold on. And the goal is to, for the rest of the year, one week a month, do the same thing until I'm no longer in the bondage of sugar. So I'm working, I'm working on it. And, and right now, uh, I got, a, I got another, another day to go. Because I started on the new year Monday, so I got another full day to go. I'm close. And it so happened that there's Cokes and Sprites that were bought in the holiday season that, that I pass every day to grab the water. Because I'm making a vow to myself that this is what needs to be done. When it comes to you and God, there's some stuff. You, you ought to tell God, yeah, yeah, I know I'm grateful for your grace, God. But there's some vows I'm making because I want you to do X, Y, Z for me. But I want to bring something to the table, God. All right, let's give us a definition of vow. A set of promises committing one to a prescribed role, calling, or course of action. A lot of things I could point out, but let me just point out to this. We are called by God. And when you are called, you can't do any and everything. And sometimes because of the weakness of our flesh, we fall. But sometimes we got to just make some vows with God. Between me and you, God, I'm working on this. If I cuss people out every day of the week, one day, Wednesday, I ain't cussing folk out on Wednesday. I'm a, I'm a, God, let me give you at least one day. Help me, God. But it's, it's, okay, it's okay to struggle with things because you're human. But sometimes you got to make some vows. Now, now this, this is what's funny. Some people will tell you, now I've heard husbands say, I can't stay with this woman. Can't stay with her because she's always sick. And so I want to get a divorce, Pastor Andre. But I have to ask them, in your vows, didn't it say in sickness and in health? Now, I didn't make you vow that. You vowed that. So when bad times come, you got to step up to the plate. Life is not always going to be up here. Sometimes it's going to be down here. It's going to be up and down. But we have to remember the vows and say, God, I want to pay my vows. And so let's 
close the sermon, and, and we're a long way from closing the sermon, but this is how we're going to move. Let's put this up. Three types of vows seen in the construction of the tabernacle. So I, I'm going to take a, a specific passage, and we're going to work through three types of vows. There's many types of vows that you can uh, give to the Lord. Now, even in our newsletter, in the special announcements, I've asked that we would think of something to fast in this new year, new month. Think of something to give up. I don't want to tell you what to do. I don't want to call necessarily a fast. I want to offer it to you because I don't want, I, I don't want a ministry of witchcraft, which is where you, you heavy-handed and you got to manipulate people to do things. I, I want it to be a working relationship where it's offered and you understand the wisdom in it and you grab hold of it. There was a man who came and knocked on my door and he's like, we're in the area. And I was like, oh, automatically, I don't want it. I don't want to be bothered. But on the list of things that they offer was something that I needed. So I was getting ready to run them off, but then I paused and I pointed that. I said, do y'all do those two? He's like, yes, we do that too. I was like, well, let's go ahead and schedule a consultation because it's no cost to me to at least find out how much it costs because I didn't know he had something that I needed. And sometimes we're ready to run stuff off because our flesh don't want it, but sometimes in the discipline is something that you need. I'll, I'll even break it down to make it more uh, clear. We have uh, Lady Devon's doing something. She broke the handle off of our screen door. So our screen door has no handle, and it's jerry-rigged to keep it open. And if you don't do it right, then you're locked out, and you got to go in through another way. And so we're looking to get a new screen, but as I was looking at the screen, I realized there's cold air coming under the bottom of the door. The weather strip is gone. Not only do we need a new screen, we actually need a new door. And this guy was coming talking about roofs and windows. I don't want no roof and I don't want no window, but I seen doors and screens. And I'm thinking, I need that. And so instead of me running you off, let me find out, can you give me what I need? Sometimes what you need is wrapped in something you don't want. It's wrapped in the gym membership that you're you wasting money on. Right. I want some abs, but it's wrapped in a gym membership. Right. I want better blood pressure, but it's wrapped in a diet. Yeah. It's wrapped in exercise. Sometimes things are wrapped in things you don't want. And so I'm going to shift from there and bring it home to more uh, church things. Not necessarily spiritual. You're already saved. Remember, we were covered. He says salvation was first. Vows was second. You're already saved. But can you bring something to the house of God in this new year? All right. So I talked about in the newsletter, we talked about things you can fast from. And I want you to just think about it in your own and see what God would have for you. But let's put up this point number one of these three types. The first type is called contribution. Yes, contribution. Let's look at a definition of contribution. Contribution definition, a gift or payment to a common fund or collection, something we all understand. Number two is what I really like, the part played by a person or thing in bringing about a result or helping something to advance. If Deliverance Temple is going to advance in 2024, you're going to have to play 
your part and contribute. Not just to the collection plate, which we understand, but what else can you contribute? Well, I invite folk on family and friends day. That ain't the only time we have church. When, when can, how else can you contribute? And you have to talk to God. That's why you connect with your creator continually. And so some, some of y'all in this new year need to make a vow of what you're going to do at Deliverance Temple because of what God has done for you. I want it reflected in the place where I gather to go to church. What can I contribute? Here, let's look at how it worked when the construction of the tabernacle, remember they were in the wilderness and God wanted a place to dwell among them. And so they constructed a temporary tabernacle that they would move. But even though it was temporary, it was state of the art. It, it, it was high value. So sometimes we have to learn how to be high value people by doing high value things. All right, let's look at. The scripture here, Exodus 35 and 4, says what? Moses spoke to all the congregation of the sons of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord has commanded, saying. So this includes all the congregation, not just the leadership. Now, let let me ask you this question. For some of y'all, if I came to church after you do, you would wonder what's going on. Why, 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 why the pastor? But why is it okay for you to come at that time if it ain't okay for me to come at that time? I just, I'm just throwing out that. I'm just asking a question. Just wondering. All the congregation has to be on board for this to advance. Let me put it to you like this. You, 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 many of you may never have done this, but if you've ever been rafting or rowing, people can't be rowing in opposite directions. If you're going to fight the current, you got to roll together. And it can't just be one side rowing or one person rowing. There has to be a collective of contributing sources so that advancement can happen. All right, let's keep going. Let's look at verse 5. Take from among you a contribution to the Lord. Hold on. You take, you, you're giving the contribution to who? The Lord. Okay. Whoever is of a willing Ooh, heart. Wow. Let him bring it as the Lord's contribution. Gold, silver, and bronze. Now, in some circles, they'll tell you that God never asked the people for money. He only asked them for seed and grain. Here... He specifically said, I want you to do something for the Lord, and I want you to bring gold, silver, and bronze. This this was specific things that I need. Listen, I appreciate everything that y'all do, but I don't want an altar full of milk. I don't drink milk. I need something I could use to advance the ministry. Thank God for the milk. Now, back in the day, people would bring milk to my father because he drank a lot of milk. I don't drink milk like that. So I need things that can be used in the house of God. Oh, they got computers on sale. But don't tell everybody and not tell the pastor. Maybe we could use those in the house of God. Oh, they got 75 
a screen TVs and their cheat would tell me so we could bring them into the house of God. If you already got a 90 screen TV, you don't need a 75. Maybe the church can use it. There are some specific things that can be contributed. Let's keep going on. That's not all he asked for. Keep on going. And blue, purple, and scarlet material, fine linen, goat's hair. Read. And ram skins dyed red, and porpoise skins, and acacia wood. All right, one more. Read this one, too. And oil for lighting, and spices for the anointing oil, and for the fragrant incense. All right, read another one. And onyx stones, and setting stones, for the ephod and for the breastplate. Basically, on any level you're on, bring something. Well, I don't have gold, bronze, silver. We'll bring some spices. Bring something. Bring me some Lowry season. Bring something we could use that we could do. There are people back in the day. Now, it, it happens in our day, too. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. But back in the day, there was the mindset, listen, I don't have a whole lot. All I have is food stamps. But listen, they'll bring you a whole meal So, because I want to give. I want to contribute. I want to offer. And in this day and age, they only get mad at the church for asking for stuff. The school, Sister Kelly is a, a principal, she takes the school asks for stuff all the time. The Girl Scouts ask for stuff all the time. Listen, there are people who will call you. Sometimes the police will call me on the phone. Do you want to give to the sheriff's fund? The, 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 uh, the breast cancer will call and ask me, do I want to give to the breast cancer fund? In the middle of you watching the game, they'll ask you, do you want to give to Ethiopia and to the sick kids? But you only get mad if the church wants something. Walmart wants something too. Airbnb wants something too. Delta Southwest wants something too, and you're willing to give it because it's a trade-off. It's an exchange. If I give Southwest my money, they'll fly me somewhere. Well, if you contribute to the house of God that's able to save and deliver your soul, you ought to be okay with that too. Now I'm preaching to the choir because in 2023, we... we you guys gave well. We were able to look at it in, uh, in one of our programs. Uh, the giving was up $4,000 over the year before. So I'm not saying that you haven't done. I, God gave me the message just to reiterate that when you love something, you contribute to it. You contribute to the household. That's why when teenagers, once they get older and they begin to grow and develop, they don't just want to take, they want to contribute as well. Can I give? Can I do? Me and my son, Draylon, we have a little bit of an argument going on every now and then because every now and then, after I picked them up and taken them places and take them to the drive-thru, when they ask for my card, I ask for his card. Why I got to pay for my food? I always pay for my food. I done made you do it three times, and in your head, it's always. For a hundred meals, I done always pay for it. I asked you for it for three times, and you want to get an attitude. So what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to train him. Because the older you grow and you mature, you don't just want to take, you want to contribute. 
But we got a lot of Christians that are minuscule and immature minded. They just want to take, 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 and they never want to offer and they never want to give. And sometimes they won't even offer their time. Can't even get them to come to the house of God. Not only can you get them, can't get them to come to the house of God, they won't even log in online. And if they do, uh, if they don't log in online, they won't even watch the replay. And then they, but they want stuff all the time. Uh, Pastor, pray for this, pray for that. Guess what? I don't mind it because it don't hurt me to pray. It's not going to hurt me to add an extra prayer, but it won't hurt you to come to church every now and then. It won't hurt you to tune in every now and then. And let me not make it about me so you don't think I'm just fussing about me. It won't hurt you to read your Bible every now and then. It wouldn't hurt you to pray every now and then. It wouldn't hurt you to fast every now and then. Here's the thing. You get out of it what you put in it. I know we have grace and God makes up the difference. He can take a two-piece fish dinner and feed 5,000, but he didn't do that every time they ate. Sometimes he told them to go fish. Let me back out of the church setting. Some of y'all struggle with your money, but you won't go to work. I know people on my job, they have FMLA. Nothing wrong with FMLA, but it doesn't pay. Don't complain to me you don't have money and you won't go to work with a job that God has provided. Do your part. There are certain expectations that life has. If you want the highest, you got to put something in it. There's some stuff that I really, really want. But in order to have it, I've had to discipline myself on things that I want, but not as much as I want. In other words... If I want the Cadillac, maybe I can't have the $8 Starbucks every day. Maybe some days I'm going to have to say no to it because I'm working on something larger. And you learn when you're working on something larger what God says, build me a house, build me a tabernacle. But it's a model for things to come. So even though you're in the wilderness, I want you to give me the best you have. And here's the, the, the kicker. Before they came out of Egypt, he brought them out with silver and gold. So he put it in them before he asked it from them. God will never ask from you what he's not already made available to you. Don't you tell me your lights is cut off because you gave deliverance temple your light bill. That's dumb. Pay your lights off. No, but if you have extra, then come on. Come on, help. Because guess what? We got lights too. All right, let's, let's move on because I know y'all 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 fire in that area. So let, let me get off of that so y'all don't think I'm talking about y'all. Let's go to number uh, point number two in our vows. Skill. All right, let's look at a definition of skill. The ability to do something haphazard. The ability to do some jack leg. Well. No, the ability to do something well. To do it at a high level. So let's look at Ephesians 35 and 10. Let every skillful man among you come, 
and make all that the Lord has commanded. Not only am I asking the people to bring it, I need some workers, some skilled laborers. I don't want the folk who just starting in their apprenticeship. I want the folk who are skilled, who know what they're do- doing. I want them to bring their skill to the table. Some, l- l- let me jump on Dylan's. So Drayden don't think it's one-sided today. I'm, I'm jumping on both of them. I was in Dylan's room and wanted to grab something on the top of his room, and I got the coffin. It was so much dust on the top of his desk. I was like, when is the last time you wiped it off? He's like, it's been a long time. I was like, it's been years. I'm like, dang, brother. But you ever had somebody come to your house and say they cleaned, and you walk behind them and you can still find dust? I can't hire you no more. I need somebody with a higher skill level. Because if I got to go behind you and do it, what am I paying you for? I want somebody with some skill. And skilled folk will always rise. They say the cream rises to the top. And when you do stuff with skill, first of all, you have to work to get to skill level. You got to put in the effort to get to skill level. But when you get to skill level, people will take notice because there's so many people in this day and age that do just enough. Customer service is is about gone. People get mad at you because you want something. Can I get a fry? Yeah, you can have a fry. Why are you working if you mad at me? Y'all sell fries. I come to get a fry. If you don't like the job, leave, but don't take it out on me. Oh, but give me a Chick-fil-A morning. How are you doing this morning? God bless you. Can I do anything for you? Give me somebody that's skilled. And when you walk into church, hopefully the greeters are skilled to make you feel good when you come into church. When I was growing up, the ushers would make you mad before you even got through the doors. Evil and ugly acting. Give me some skill, folks. I don't necessarily like video praise, but the reason why we're doing video praise is I haven't found any skilled folk. I want people who sing and know the words and know the notes and know the keys until I can pay to get that. We'll just go without it because I want some skill. If I preach with some skill, I want everything around me to have some skill. Told myself that I was going to come over here Yesterday, and I was going to make sure the sidewalk was shoveled off, but my son called me and I had to go grab him, and I didn't do it. But when I got here, the sidewalk was already shoveled off. I didn't have to do it because somebody in the church has some skill to do what needs to be done because it takes a collective effort. But I don't want consumers only in the church. I want some skilled laborers. Skilled workers. Don't just go out in the world and get an education only to give it to the world. Bring your education into the church and add skill to the house of God. If you know something that will benefit us, bring it to the house of God. Well, I learned something about this disease and it's about to break out. Well, don't just sit there and be like, well, the pastor, if he prayed, he would know about it. No, you research it. Tell me about it. Bring the skills so that we can grow where we need to grow. Uh, We we were talking in our staff meeting about uh, 
because of the state of things, COVID may stick, stick around, be like the new flu. So we might need to sanitize more often. And so we're talking about it. Sister Ruthie brought up the idea, and she's like, I'll take care of it because this is something that she does. So she's bringing what she does on the outside on the inside because we need it. Oh, we can just pray the sickness away. Why? When God has already given us a skill. I remember one time I was talking to the Lord because I remember one time being lost. And God told me everywhere to go, and I found my way back. It wasn't nobody but God. He led me right to where I needed to be. Some years later, I was praying to God. I was like, God, why don't you lead me like you used to? He said, why would I when you got GPS? He said, why would I waste my time and you have something that's skilled? I built people to put it right there for you. Back in the day when I led you, you didn't have navigation. You didn't have the map. You were lost, so I stepped in. But why would I step in when I've already put it available to you? Made sense to me. It's it's there. So in other words, if I've skilled you to do it, I just need you to bring it to the table. All right, let's move on. That was all the men. Let's read the next verse. All the skilled women spun with their hands and brought what they had spun in blue and purple and scarlet material and in fine linen. Don't be so caught up in the latest gossip that you know what everybody's going through. You know who got divorced, when they got divorced, when they got custody, and who lost custody, but you can't bring nothing to the house of God. You can't do nothing for the house of God. And when we do ask for something, you go, well, let me get some cookies from Payless. You mean you can't bake a, a cookie? You can't bring some jiffy box cornbread at least. You, you, you can do it, but, but, but for the potluck at work, you can do everything. But for the church, why the church always got to get the last? Back in the day, it wasn't right. But back in the day, the women would fight over who could bring the green beans and who could bring the greens. You didn't have to pull teeth to get people to do stuff. They brought what they had to the house of God. Now, we don't have anything going on. I'm just throwing out there to get y'all to think in this new season, this new year, to raise your level up, to step your game up so that we can advance where we need to advance. All right? Look, look at verse 26, the last part of this verse. All the women whose hearts stirred with the skill spun the goat's hair. The point is all the women whose heart got stirred. Sometimes your heart is stirred to do things, but you allow think you you allow to talk yourself out of it. Oh well, Lady Devin is gifted that I'll let her do it, and people don't like me. Stop, stop downing yourself. God put something in your heart, and maybe Lady Devin is good at it, but maybe God wants to transition it out of her hands into your hands. But you have to be willing to step up. Now, here's a point, another point I'm making. It's not always that people are lazy that they don't step up. Sometimes it's they just have a low self-esteem. And they're too sensitive. Because if I bring cookies that I bake to the function, if I bring 10 of them and I take 9 of them home, I ain't doing that no more. 
Mm-mm, no, they didn't like my stuff. They was eating all her stuff. Maybe you need to ask her how to cook yours like her. Stop being so offended because maybe God's trying to grow you to another level. But especially these younger millennials and exennials, they are so fickle. You, 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 you can't, you got to walk real slow with them. But I'm tired of walking slow. We got to grow. We got to get where we need to go. I don't want to go all the way back to the old day because they will rebuke you straight up. Hey, you, come up here and apologize in front of the whole church. I'm like, wait a second. Listen, when Prophet Wilson came to church, all of us were scared because Prophet would call out anything. One time he came, he's like, it's too much fornication in the choir. I'm like, Jesus, Prophet. And people act like, no, it wasn't. Yes, it was. Nine months later, we found out it was some fornication in the choir. I don't want to come out and just blast and God, please don't take us through all that. Because guess what? He had to blast some stuff about me too. So no, I don't want to go that far back. But I do want to raise my level up so that I can, so that when the blessings come, I don't want to take credit for them. But at least I can say, God, I appreciate it. Instead of, Whoo, you shouldn't have done that for me. I'll tell you what, I've been acting a plum fool. I'm surprised. No, I don't want that to be my testimony. I want it to be my testimony. God, thank you that I used everything I had and poured it into the house of God. All right, here's the last one. And I almost called the message this, but I made it my last point. The last point is dedication. Let's look at this. First, we're going to give the definition for the word dedicate. Dedicate means this, to devote time, effort, or just make it simple, or oneself to a particular task or purpose. Basically, what I'm saying, if you would devote yourself to this ministry, not you, you're saved, I, I know you're saved, I ain't, and we're going beyond that, but I need some devoted folk to the call, to the call, to the ministry. Well, I don't feel like doing all that. Well, maybe you're not called here. Maybe you need to go somewhere else where you can feel called. I, I want some people who, who are devoted. I want some people that when you come to church and the person you normally sit by is not there, I want some people who would find out what's going on. I wonder when Andre going to do something about the people that's missing. Why don't you do something about it? Why don't you call and check them? Maybe you find something that's important. Maybe somebody's on their last leg. Maybe we can intervene, but it's going to take a body ministry. My head is important, but right now I'm telling my head to walk, but it won't walk until my body puts some actions to what my head is telling to do. I am the head of the ministry, and I'm preaching, but... That's about all I can do is preach it to you. You have to take it and take it beyond that. So what can you do? And then you say, I'm doing everything I know to do. Then what God is saying is we all need to go to another level. So what what can we do? Even me, what can I do as a leader to take us even higher? What, what, What can I give? What can I offer? That's what the psalmist said. What shall I render? God, you've already been good to me and you've already saved me. But I'm thinking about there's got to be something that I can pay, some vows that I can make, some ways that I can step up, some, 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 some things that I can shift and change. And one thing I've learned, when you shift and change for a greater purpose, a lot of times the person that benefits the most 
is you. I'm doing this. I, I, I'm going to cut back on my alcohol because I, I, I want to be a good witness for Deliverance Temple. But actually, your body benefits the most. It's not just the church that benefits. So what I'm saying is I'm trying to provoke us. I really don't know what each individual person will fall on. But what you fall on, what can you pour yourself into? And whatever you pour yourself into, it will give back. It'll be a blessing for you. All right, so let's give us the full definition of dedication. Here that is. Here it is, the quality of being dedicated or committed to a task or purpose. Basically, all I'm asking is, is can we get some more committed folk? Everybody's not going to be committed because we're, we're the hospital. So we're supposed to save the sick. So everybody can't be nurses. Everybody can't be doctors. In a hospital, you got to have some sick folk. So everybody's not going to be committed, but somebody has to be committed. You can't have two nurses, two doctors, and 500 patients. That's a hospital that's going to fail. You have to have a good amount. In a really good hospital, they will only let a nurse take care of so many patients. You can't take care of 10. It's a ratio that makes sense. So what I'm saying, in order for the ratio to make sense, this can't be a Devin Andre ministry. It has to be more people rising up. And as the more people rise up, what it'll do, it'll become more compelling to the sick folk. Because guess what the sick folk are? The sick folk are sick of church. They don't want church. They don't want to come to church. They don't want to be bothered with church. They're tired of church folk. But if church folk turn into leaders, guess what happens? Leaders always have folk following them. So if we become a beacon light of leaders, what happens is we draw people in. That's why even in the middle of the dark ocean, there's a lighthouse with a light on it because it's able to draw the ships in. There are folk out there dying and hurting, and they don't know the solution. We have the solution, but we're not attractive enough to draw people to the solution. I say this all the time. If you take a filet mignon, one of the best cuts of meat, and it's cooked just right, and you take a brand new trash can, not a dirty one, a brand new trash can and trash bag, and you throw the filet mignon in the trash bag. Then you take a hot dog and put it on a crystal plate, and you offer people, here's something to eat. Most people are going to go to the crystal plate and get the hot dog, even though it's a much worse cut of meat. But since the filet mignon is packaged so horribly, Well, it's a clean trash can. How do I know it's clean? It's a clean trash bag. How do I know it's clean? Why is the steak in the trash can? I can't take that. I'll take the hot dog. You got people on dope and they'll keep taking dope because the church is wrapped so poorly. They don't know we have the answer. But if we get the steak out of the trash can and put it on the crystal plate, the folk out there will come and say, yes, what must I do? To be saved. Let's let's close with this. Exodus 35 and 20. Then all the congregation of the sons of Israel departed from Moses' presence. Let me me point this out. It's one thing to do something while you're in the leader's presence. It's another thing to have it in your heart to do it without them looking over your shoulder. 
Let's look at the next verse, verse 21. Same thing with your bosses. You can work good when the boss is looking, but how do you work when they're not looking? Actually, I work better when they're not looking. I tell them, leave me alone. I can get the job done if you go on somewhere. All right, read. Everyone whose heart stirred him and everyone whose spirit moved him came and brought the Lord's contribution Mm -hmm. for the work of the tent of meeting and for all its service and for the holy garments. So here's, don't miss this word everyone with everyone. Everyone that was stirred. Everyone that had a heart to do it. So guess what? Even what I'm talking, everybody's not going to do what I'm talking. Maybe everybody in the building. Maybe not everybody online. But only the people who have a heart for it. A heart to do it. Here's the thing. If you're doing it from the wrong heart, I really don't want it anyway. I want those who are stirred to do it. That have a heart to do it. Let's go back to the relationship for just a second. Your man, if he has to do, if he only does it when you tell him to do it. And then when he does it, he does it with an attitude here. Here go the, here go the ring you want. Here go the purse you want. I don't know why you want a $1,200 pocket, but, but here it is. You're going to take it. You're going to wear it, but it really ain't how you want it. I want you to have some heart in it. I want you to, I, I, I want it to be from your heart. All right, read. So they came, both men and women, all who were of a willing heart. What willing heart? Brought brooches and earrings and signet rings and armlets, all sorts of gold objects, every man dedicating an offering of gold to the Lord. uh, Every man, now listen, everybody didn't have to bring the gold, but these people, they said yes, and, and one of the reasons why is because they did it for the world, so to speak. When they first came out, they built a golden calf with it. So say, if I could do it for the wrong, I surely can do it for the right. So they begin to bring everything they have. Everybody had a willing heart. All right, let's read the next verse, and this is the final verse. All the men and women, the people of Israel, whose heart moved them moved to bring them. anything for the work that the Lord had commanded by Moses to be done, Brought it as a free will offering to the Lord. If I have to tell us to do it, it's wrong. It ought to be out of the free will to offer these three things. I'm going to go ahead and you don't have to put them up there. I'm going to go ahead and cover them real quick and then we'll go right into our communion. To offer a contribution. What can I contribute? To offer skill. What skill can I contribute? To offer dedication. What can I dedicate to the Lord because Andre said it no because of all his benefits what can I do for what God has done for me come on let's stand to our feet let's move into our communion somebody say that with me say what else what else ask the Lord what else does he want I've been asking God for something and he's bringing it's almost at my doorstep And it's crazy how God has brought it into my arena. I'm I'm close to grabbing it. And it makes me want to give him even more of myself. All right, so we'll go to our communion. All right, this is from Mark 14, 22 through 24. And online, go ahead and take it with us. It says, and as they did eat, Jesus took bread. 
and blessed and break it and gave to them and said, take, eat. This is my body. Let's take and eat. Let's go to the next verse. And he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them. And they all drank of it. Don't drink yet. Let's drink on this next verse. This next verse says this. And he said to them, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Now let's drink. Final verse. Truly I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Well, that day has come, and we are now part of the kingdom of God now. And for that, we thank God. Come on, let's put our hands together. <coughs> All right, let's bow our heads and let's pray together. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, God, we praise you. God, what shall we render unto you for all your mercies and your benefits? God, you're going to show us, but let us do it from a willing heart. And God, no one can be you giving. You're the greatest giver. And as we give, not just our finances, but whatever we have that you prompt us to give to the ministry, to the calling on our lives, God, you're going to restore us and we're going to move into this year in exceeding and abundance. And we're going to trace it back to this first Sunday. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to say this to you again as they flash it up on the screen. Happy New Year once again from Deliverance Temple. We appreciate you all. Let's knock this year out in a great way. God bless you. Have a great and a marvelous week.